You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 20th, 2021. My name is Philip Rosswright, the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about what to look for when the schedule comes out this afternoon. Uh, so some things to keep an eye on, some things that, that will matter, some things that don't matter. Uh, and ultimately, we'll dive into the schedule next week on our next episode. So we'll get deeper into that coming up here uh, in the next couple of days. But I'll, I'll give you a quick quick preview of what to watch for when the schedule comes out, like how I break down the schedule, how I look at the schedule um, when it does come out. We'll then talk about who the Magic might spend that second two-way contract on. I've got a name that I really like off the Summer League team. It's not the name you're expecting. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about Jalen Suggs and the leadership that he showed at Summer League. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a minute. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. That's searching for download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the line of magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. No matter what team you want the lowdown on, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So today at 3 p.m., I, I'm recording this at about 11 a.m. I don't know if you will hear this before the schedule comes out, but um, when the schedule comes out this afternoon at 3 p.m., uh, it's a little overwhelming to get all 82 games at once. It's a little overwhelming to just kind of look at the list of of games and, and decipher it in any way that you can. Um, it is it is really difficult to decipher. And honestly, I don't really get a, a good look at it until I put it on my calendar. Um, literally what I will do tonight when I get home from work is I will sit down with the schedule, put every game in my calendar, set all my alerts, get everything set up for the season. It's, it's literally like, okay, now my next five months are planned. It's overwhelming. Um, and so, obviously, the first thing that your eye gets drawn to is the national TV games. Those are usually marked a little bit differently on the schedule. Um, not expecting many of those. I suggested a few games that might get on national TV on the uh, on the uh, on yesterday's podcast. Um, it, it, it your eye immediately goes there. But the things that I look for are two are, are really the first two things that I look at are what does the beginning of the schedule look like and what does the end of the schedule look like. I'll usually look. Uh, at uh, from thanks uh, from from the start of the season to about Thanksgiving, like where what how fast can we expect the Magic to get out? And I know I've said last year that I felt the Magic had to get off to a fast start. I think the year before I said the Magic have to get off to a fast start because there were some really difficult parts in December and January, and those are usually where the Magic uh, reach some trouble is, is in the December and January months, um, just because that's where road trips are, that's where you get into the meat of the schedule, um, you know. So the the first the first 15, 20 games, you know, 10, 15 games are really what I look at first. Like, how fast are the Magic going to be able to get out? Like, what are they going to be able to accomplish early on in the season to kind of set the tone and, and really and reinforce things? The other thing I look at pretty quickly is the end of the season. What kind of closing kick are the Magic going to be able to make? Are there a lot of road games at the end of the season? Are there a lot of um, of playoff teams? Are there going to be teams that can be in the playoff hunt and Regardless of where the Magic are at in the standings, that's going to be very, very, very important. Um, you know, we looked at last season and saw the Magic finish their season with four straight road games. 
we all agreed like that's going to be tough. If, if the Magic are in the playoff hunt, they could be fading fast. And, and I think I said throughout the course of last season that I felt the Magic had to kind of you know use their continuity, push out to the front, and then hold on tight the rest of the way. Obviously, uh, they were not able to do that. Uh, injuries played a role. The team wasn't as good as they thought they were. Um, and everything fell apart, and obviously the Magic, uh, I think, went the last, what, six or seven games without a win last year. Um, there, were a lot of, um, there were a lot of struggles there that, that you could already see at the beginning of the season. The next thing that I look for after I look at kind of the first, maybe ten, first 10 games and the last 10 games is where are the road trips? How are the road trips composed? Um, obviously, the Magic usually take three big road trips every year. There's the first West Coast road trip, which usually takes place around Thanksgiving, uh, just after Thanksgiving, um, is uh, when the Magic have always traditionally taken that first big West Coast road trip, um, at least when the schedule's normal. Obviously, the schedule wasn't normal last year. Um, they used to always take a big road trip, whether it was the, uh, an East Coast road trip or a West Coast road trip, in early January, but that was back when the circus was at, uh, at the Orlando Arena or at the Amway Center. Um, obviously, the circus isn't a problem anymore, so uh, we haven't seen that schedule kind of shake out quite yet, um, you know, as far as whether the Magic will maintain a sort of early January road trip as well. Um, and usually that means the Magic are done with their two West Coast road trips very, very early. Um, again, that may no longer be the case. I don't think we've had a full season where the Magic didn't have that January, have, you know, where the circus has been uh, out of business, um, where the Magic didn't have a big circus tour coming up. Uh, coming up in January, so we haven't seen what what that does to the Magic schedule. Um, uh, and so I'm curious if the Magic will again have a January road trip, or if it'll get pushed back to mid January or to early February, right before the All Star break. Um, I think that'll be really really interesting to see what comes out in the schedule. And then usually there's a road trip in March, um, usually right after the All Star break. Um, the Magic do go on a road trip in March. Sometimes that is precipitated by a, a mega event. Um, you know, there's the WrestleMania road trip. A few years ago, there was the uh, whenever the NCAA tournaments in town, all those teams who vacate their buildings and 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 head out, head on out, um, and and head and head out out of town for the, those weeks. I don't think the Magic have any of those mega events coming up, but you usually see three big road trips, and I usually look for where those are, the games leading up to them, the games leading out of them, uh, and 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 the like. The next thing you look for, um, obviously, are the home stands, and usually the home stands follow road trips. Um, usually, when the mat, usually the Magic are home for Christmas. Um, and so they usually have a big West Coast road trip beginning of December, um, and, and that lasts until you know like December 10th or whatever. Uh, and then the Magic are usually home for the next four or five games for the holiday season, with little maybe one game road trip sprinkled sprinkled into the end of the end of the month, and then they take that other big road trip at the beginning of January. Again, I don't know what the, what effect the circus will have on changing that calendar a little bit. That's kind of the traditional Magic schedule and Magic calendar, um, but. I do think that that that's where I, my eye goes next. It's like, like, okay, where are the home heavy pockets of the schedule? When are the Magic going to be home a lot more? Um, that's that's again where my eye goes next. That's where that's where I look next for uh, what the, what what the Magic are doing. So when the schedule comes out today, um, you know what I want you to do uh, is again note the national TV games. Obviously, it'd be you know if there's an ESPN game, that game takes a ton of importance. Um, you know, I don't like saying this. I don't think any game is more important than the other. But yes, national TV games matter. People talk about them. They're, you know, it's it's different than a league pass alert. It's different than anything else. It, people get in in into these national TV games. They matter. 
Um, they're they're big for advertising the team. They're big for getting people to notice the team. And you know, again, like I said yesterday, I don't believe the Magic have had a home regular season national TV game since uh, LeBron's big game uh, against the Magic in 2012. And I think I, I and that was obviously like the first year without Dwight. Um, the Magic did have a national TV game last year, just one. Um, it was at Boston. It was a kind of blowouty game. Jason Tatum had a big game. Aaron Gordon had a big game. Tatum's obviously better than Aaron Gordon, and that's that's how that ended. Um, the Magic had one national TV game in 2019. Uh, that was the uh, Charlotte game, um, uh, and, and the last game of the season. Um, and, and obviously, I think Doris Park did a really good job trying to put the Magic over. Uh, on the last day of the season saying, hey, this is a playoff team. This is a team that you have to be on the lookout for and be um, looking at. Um, that is that is kind of where things stand. So the schedule comes out today at 3 p.m. We'll have a breakdown of that on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. I'll kind of go through some of these these things that I pointed out or that, that, I, that I look for when the schedule comes out. So we'll get to all that coming up on Monday. If, just in, in any case, just enjoy the schedule day. Schedule day is a fun day. We get to plan our lives for the next several months. We'll talk a little bit more about the two-way contract coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's that time of the year again. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Dead Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. That means you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Again, that promo code is NFL100. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So. I want to wrap up Summer League then by asking one of the bigger questions that's left to ask, and that is, who gets the last two-way contract slot? Um, the Magic's roster currently stands at 13 players. Uh, we're still awaiting the expected signing of Mortz Wagner. He was reported to have agreed to a two-year deal. That signing is not official yet, so the Magic officially have 13 players on the roster, but Wagner, would make, or Wagner the Elder would make 14. Um, it is extremely likely the Magic will not fill that 15th spot um, just for a number of reasons. The first one being um, having that 15th spot open allows you to uh, upgrade a two-way contract player into a full contract player so you can get a second, uh, a kind of third two-way contract player uh, on the back end of, of that deal when uh, two-way contracts you know, aren't allowed to be signed after a date in January. At least that's how they used to be. Um, on top, uh, the, the secondary reason, though, is... Um, Teams like to carry that, keep that open roster spot if they're expecting a trade. Um, if, if you're expecting to make a deal, having that open roster spot enables you to take in more players than you send out. Um, and so, yes, I, I expect the Magic to be very active at the trade deadline. They've got Terrence Ross, they've got Gary Harris, they've got Wendell Carter, they've got Mo Bamba. 
They got guys that could easily be moved around. I think Terrence Ross will be one of the more prized assets that that teams are chasing after at the trade deadline this year. Um, you know, unless Bradley Beal suddenly becomes on the market or Damian Lillard comes on the market. Um, I think it is. Uh, I think among role players, among the non-star players, Terrence Ross is going to be someone that a lot of teams are going to be chasing after. I think there will be a robust market for Terrence Ross when the trade deadline comes, provided that he is healthy and playing decently well. So the Magic are not likely to fill that last roster spot. And so if Wagner is truly going to be signed, um, again, no indication that he's not. He just ha- It just hasn't been officially announced yet. If Moritz Wagner is going to be signed, then the Magic are not likely moving anywhere else. Um, that's likely the, 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 the last move they make to their main roster. And that leaves us with just one two-way contract spot to fill. Ignas Brazdakis has taken the other one. He officially signed a two-way contract. That is announced. That is done. Uh, Ignas Brazdakis will be on the Lakeland Magic next year. So the question is, who do the Magic spend that two-way contract on? Now, it does not necessarily have to be someone from the Summer League team. Um, I, I want to do this to focus on the Summer League team as like a kind of goodbye to Summer League uh, and an update on where some of those players stand and where those players sit because some of them are actually off the board already and I'll get to those uh, in a minute. Uh, but Summer League is our, essentially uh, the public's chance to kind of review these players and make sense of these kind of end-of-roster guys and figure out, okay, which guys are worth spending some, some time and investment on. And the Magic have some options in Summer League. Obviously, the place to start is Giannis Tima. Uh, Giannis Tima, to me, is not going to sign that two-way contract, but he is by far the best player on the Magic's roster, on the Magic Summer League roster, who is currently unsigned. Uh, the Magic, I felt like, treated him as if he was on the roster. Um, he played limited minutes after those first couple games. Averaged only seven points per game. It felt like he averaged a lot more, but was a really proficient three-point shooter. At 29 years old, the Magic know exactly who he is. They got a sense of him. They got a feel of him. They got to see him in practice. If the Magic are going to sign him, they're going to sign him. And it would not surprise me, actually, if the Magic do sign him to a contract, uh, to a regular contract, um, you know, so that he isn't... Uh, he Honestly... He might get the contract over Mortz Wagner at this point. I'm not. I'm not completely sold that Mortz Wagner is going to get that deal at the end of the day. Would not surprise me if Giannis Tima is the guy that the Magic sign. If the if he is the guy that the Magic add to their roster uh, at this juncture. Um, but I don't see him taking a two way contract at 29 years old. He's played plenty around the world. Um, I think that he is looking for either a, a spot, a chance at a real NBA roster spot, or He's looking to go back to Europe and play uh, more meaningful minutes. I'm um, 29 years old. He's in the prime of his career. This guy should not be on a two-way contract. If I were his agent, I would say, you're not doing a two-way contract. You're not doing that. that. That's not enough money for you anyway. Go to the NBA. See if you can get a roster spot. If not, come back to Europe and play over there where you know you may be, where he's a pretty comfortable and already carved out a really nice career. So if Tima is not the two-way guy, who is? I would actually go with Hassani Gravett. Um, Hassani Gravett played for the Lakeland Magic back in 2020. Um, played okay. Not, didn't, didn't do terribly. Um, had a really nice year last year in Macedonia with MZT Skopje, uh, but not a not a great league in Macedonia, obviously. It's, it's not the Greek league or anything like that. Um, and so the issue then is, you know, how does Gravett fit in with Lakeland again? How does he fit in with the NBA? Um, the average 11.7 points per game on 38.6% shooting from deep with Lakeland in 2020. Um, at Summer League, he averaged 8 points per game with a 58.3% effective field goal percentage. He was a good three-point shooter. That was something that he wanted to show throughout the week. 
really good at creating his own shot. I thought he played with a ton of energy. And to me, if I had to bet who's going to get that second two-way contract, I'm going to bet Hassani Gravette. This is just a guy that plays really hard, um, does everything the, the right way, that does everything that the Magic wanted to do, really seemed to gel uh, and mesh with what the Magic were trying to do. Had 19 points in that game against the, the Detroit Pistons in, his, in the finale, the game where he played the most minutes. Was the best player on the floor for the Magic that entire game. So I really like Gravette. Um, you know, he's he's been around Orlando for a little while. He's played some pro-am games in town. He's been been with Lakeland. He knows he knows what the Magic are trying to do. Uh, knows what the Magic organization is about. I don't think it's a coincidence that he came back to the Magic. Um, I think that he is a very has a very real chance of of getting a training camp invite, maybe getting at least an Exhibit Ten, um, but then also possibly advancing on to a two way contract. If if there, if there were me, I think Hassani Gravette, You know, from everything that I've seen, at least Hassani Gravette is who I would get the two way contract to and and, and get him on as well. A um, couple other players though. That are worth looking that that I thought played well in summer league, but they've actually already signed overseas. You know, I was looking at Wikipedia, I was doing some research. Um, they signed this week, so the Magic have kind of lost out on a couple guys, some some of their summer league standouts. I thought DJ Hogg played really really well, Lakeland Magic guy last year. Um, averaged seven point two points per game, shot forty five and a half percent from beyond the arc during summer league. Solid shooter, eight point nine points per game with the Lakeland Magic last year. He appeared to sign in France with Colet, so he is probably not. Um, out, not in the running anymore. Uh, Tajir McCall, uh, Lakeland Magic ace defender, one of the best defenders in the G League, uh, was on the G League all-defensive team guy that seems just perfect. Not a great shooter, only averaged six points per game, um, 35.3% shooting from the floor, so a bit inconsistent from him. I thought he really struggled just finishing around the basket. But he signed with Karen's Taipans in the NBL in Australia, so he appears to be off the board too. Other guys off the board include Asborn Midgard, um, the, the Danish center, I thought was, you know, you could feel his presence on the screen. The seven-footer stood out. A little bit of a weak defensive rebounder, not particularly mobile. Um, he signed with ZZ Leiden of the Dutch Basketball League, so he's kind of out of the running as well. Um, so that kind of limits the field of guys that I think the Magic should be looking at. Um, I would look at, I would still give a look at Taj Edi. I thought that he played well in Summer League, averaging seven points per game, shooting 41.7% from the floor. Most of those threes, 40% from beyond the arc. Um, it was a solid showing, not a, a fantastic one from him. He did some nice things. Definitely a guy that I think is worth a, a G League investment. He just graduated from USC. He transferred a couple times. Had a really nice season at Santa Clara in 2019. Struggled a little bit in 2020 and then transferred to USC. Averaged uh, 13.6 points per game. Shot 49.7% from beyond the arc. I think he's a guy that, that's worth keeping an eye on and, and keeping, uh, keeping invested in a little bit as well. So I don't think that the Magic should necessarily push him out the door. Um, I think he'd be a really good uh, Exhibit 10 guy at the very least. Put him on G, put him on Lakeland, see what he can do, and then maybe make him a two-way contract down the road. Another guy to keep an eye on, Jeff Doughton. Um, I thought Doughton did some good things for the Magic um, during the during Summer League as well. Averaged 7.2 points per game, 36.1% from the floor overall, 40% from beyond the arc. Again, a lot of threes here. Um, averaged 6.5 points per game and 19.8 minutes per game with the Lakeland Magic last year. So he he's someone that may get another chance. I, I don't know if I'd give him the two-way, though. Um, maybe give him a, a chance in camp. Make sure you get him on the on the, on the Lakeland Magic, see, see how he grows from there. So again, there's not a lot of options now that, that some of these guys, you know, Tajir McCall, I thought would have been a really good option for a potential two-way. Um, you know, him signing elsewhere, you know, again, if unless the Magic can buy him out of a contract he just signed this week, um, you know, I, I I think that he's off the board. So I, at this point, you know, among the players that the Magic have, 
I would bet on Hassani Gravett being the Magic's two-way contract player. That's that's just kind of where I'm sitting right now. I'm going to close up Summer League Talk by talking a little bit about Jalen Suggs and the leadership that he showed throughout the course of the week. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You don't need them anymore. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at Built Bar. You know, we've done Built Bar ads for so long, and, and, and I feel like I, I just repeat the same same talking points. But guess what? I'm going to repeat them again. I'm not a protein bar person. I'm not a workout person. I work out to stay active. I, I, I don't need those weird things or the the, 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 the the hippest or the biggest thing. You know, I don't want those tubs of protein. I don't want any of that. I don't even want those protein bars you find at the convenience store because when you look at them, A, they don't taste like what they say on the, on the box. They just, they just taste a little bit off. Um, but they also contain a full meal's worth of calories. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Instead, what you should get is Built Bar because it delivers exactly what it promises. Um, the German chocolate tastes like German chocolate. The double chocolate tastes like double chocolate. The coconut tastes like coconut. I don't even like coconut, and I like coconut Built Bars. So maybe I should try some coconut. Who knows? Um, it doesn't matter what your flavor favorite flavor is. There is a flavor for you, and I can guarantee you, you will like some that you didn't think of. Best of all, these bars are healthy too, with 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so all the gold medals they won in Tokyo were powered by Built Bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Best place to wrap up any discussion of summer is back at the beginning, back at what we all wanted to take away, what we all wanted to see, and, and what has clearly become, you know, one of the big storylines coming out of summer league. To be frank, um, you know, ESPN, Sam Vecini of the Athletic, all just singing the praises of Jalen Suggs. Uh, you know, again, it's summer league. I don't want to go crazy over any one thing. I don't want to be overly, I, I don't want to go overboard or overblow things uh, that happened in Summer League. It's, it's random. It's, it's, you know, it's not always so clear cut um, what, what is real and what isn't uh, in, in, a, in a Summer League situation. Um, but undoubtedly, uh, Jalen Suggs was one of the truly impressive figures of the week. Uh, of the week that the Magic spent in Vegas. And to me, it, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily the scoring production, which was really good. It was, it was 
the little things that don't necessarily show up on the box score. Um, the, honestly, the moment that stood out to me most about Jalen Suggs was the technical foul he picked up um, in the loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Magic's second game. Um, yes, that was a moment of frustration. Um, you know, the Magic were missing a lot of shots, missing a lot of open shots. There was clearly a lot of fatigue going on there. Um, but Suggs was still pushing to win. He was trying to get the attention of the referee, trying to let them know about a foul that might have been called. And yeah, he did it in the absolute wrong way. You, you never touch an official. You never grab an official. You never do anything like that. Um, but this is a guy that very clearly was trying to win, was trying to get his team to, 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 to get over that hump and win. And it was very, very clear that Suggs was the best player on the floor for the Magic. Um, and, and again, for a rookie, for a guy that, that, that fans are so excited about, that is really all you could ask for from Summer League is to say, look, Suggs was very clearly the best guy on the floor. Give him better teammates and, and he'll do fine. I, I know I've said this throughout the course of the week, but you know, I think one of the bigger struggles that Suggs is going to face this season is knowing when to get others involved and when to really impress himself on a game. And I think that was something that he was at doing at Gonzaga too. Because this guy's default is the team. He wants to play for the team. He wants to make the players around him better. I was more impressed with his passing ability than anything else I saw at Summer League. Um, he was already pretty proficient at uh, getting downhill and whipping a pass to the weak side corner on point, on target. If that weak side corner guy leaves his man to try and stop his drives... He is getting the pass to that open shooter. And that is a really difficult pass. Uh, I don't think people understand how tricky that pass is. Um, not an easy thing to do. And Suggs seemed to do it, again, with so much ease. Um, it was just second nature to him to be able to make that pass and make those plays. That's... What I'm expecting from Jalen Suggs throughout the course of the season. That's what I'm expecting from him. Expecting to see regularly from him that he's a guy that keeps and gets others involved. That's who he is. Um, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon. And I don't think the Magic want that to change about him. This guy is, is, is really all about winning. And again, that's what it, that's what it comes down to at the end. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm already in debates about tanking. Uh, you know, I've, I, I, I've made myself perfectly clear. I don't think tanking is a viable strategy. It's just something that happens. Um, it's not something you could plan for. I'm, I'm fine, you know, at the end of a season, if you sit guys out with injuries and meaningless games, that's fine. I don't care about that. I, I want guys, though, that are going to push to win. I don't want guys that accept losing. I don't want guys that are going to be satisfied or happy with L's. You need guys that want to win. At the end of the day, this is a zero-sum business. Wins matter. Losses matter. And at the end of the day, you want to win more than you lose. And like I said, I don't expect the Magic to be a playoff team this year. I think they can be, but I think a lot has to go right in order for that to happen. Um, so this team's going to have to find ways to create success. Um, they're going to have to... I, I want to see pockets where they win. I want to see them beat quality opponents. That stuff matters to me. Um, but... I'm never going to fault a player for trying to win. I want players who want to win, who are going to do everything they can to win, that take losses hard, that get frustrated with defeat. Losing cannot be something that is acceptable. If the Magic are going to truly build a culture that's ultimately going to take them to the playoffs, it starts now. 
It starts now with getting players who want to win. And Jalen Suggs is a guy who wants to win. This is a guy that's going to push others to win. And hopefully this is a guy that can affect winning on his own. If the Magic are going to surprise anyone this year, it's going to be because a guy like Jalen Suggs or Jonathan Isaac or Markel Fultz take an unexpected leap and are able to win games on their own, that are able to win games that no one expects them to. And frankly, that's really what has to happen. That's what has to happen for the Magic to have success this season. You know, we'll see whether it all comes together in that way. We'll see if the Magic are able to put those pieces together. But Jalen Suggs is going to be a key part of it. And and I don't think the leadership that we saw at Summer League is going to go away. I think this is a guy that is going to listen to veterans. He's he's not going to take the reins completely. But it's going to be very, very clear that this is a guy that can drive the engine and get the team to a higher level, to a higher plane. And of course, we'll see if that results in more wins this year or if that's something that comes down the road. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himley, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast. Your podcast enable listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore MB. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including a breakdown of the schedule, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We'll have a lot more on that coming up on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. Be sure to check out the Locked On Today podcast, too. You can get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes on the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this is Phil Philip Austin Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Orlando.